Good morning, I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. Since we've all been cooking up a storm over these last few weeks from the holidays, we're taking a bit of a deviation today, and I'm sharing a conversation I recently had with the Pima County Regional Wastewater Reclamation Department. I'm speaking with... My name is Jason Grodman. I'm the Permit and Regulatory Compliance Officer at Pima County Regional Wastewater Reclamation Department. We are here for a, an interesting topic. Uh, grease, oil, and bugs pretty much kind of sums it up. I am probably one of like the six people left in the world who doesn't own an air fryer. I make my wings old fashioned, deep fried, and delicious. Absolutely. Um, the biggest downside is that after the fact, I am left with these giant jugs of spent oil that just hang out under my sink for weeks on end. But you have the solution to this issue. But before we kind of delve into the details, I'd like to kind of start with why is it so important for us to consider and care about where our grease goes? That's an excellent question. So really, it first starts out right at your pipes from your house uh, to our pipes in the road, in the sewer. So when we dispose of our cooking grease down the drain, uh, two things are going to happen. One, it's going to solidify in your pipes and start slowing the flow. If this happens over time, it could lead to clogged drains. The second thing is, that cooking oil, fats, oils, and grease is food for cockroaches. So we're gonna get creepy crawlies living in the sewer pipes and sort of feeding on that used cooking oil that uh, winds up down the drains. And so once those uh, characters move in, cockroaches will keep coming back as long as you keep feeding them. Mm -hmm. If you've ever dealt with a cockroach issue, yeah, it seems it's just like it, it doesn't end. <laughs> once right, once, <laughs> You have to deal with it. Coming up is the 17th annual grease collection and recycling event. And from what I understand, this is a joint effort. Can you tell me a bit more about what prompted the idea to host these big recycling events and who's all involved in the partnerships? Right. So the the first thing we realized you know, many years ago, as you said, it is the 17th annual, is that education is important. My job normally is regulating commercial and industrial facilities. So I have the authority to make sure that they're putting the right things down the drain. Now, for residences, we're kind of left up to our own devices. So without the educational component of understanding what negative consequences can be from putting grease down the drain, it's really difficult to know what to do. So from our perspective, we wanted to get the message out about how to handle, how you can handle cooking grease and then provide an outlet for folks to dispose of it safely. One of the great partners that we have is Grease Cycle. They turn uh, cooking oil and fats, oils and grease into certified biodiesel. Um, there's very little waste as well in the conversion process. You get about 85% back in biodiesel from the cooking oil. So, and all of that stays local. So this is a local company. So when the biodiesel uh, makes its way into vehicles, um, it's actually a cleaner burning fuel. 
So not only are we removing the cooking oil from the waste stream, which contaminates the wastewater that we clean at Pima County Wastewater, we're also improving the air quality by uh, burning this cleaner fuel, biodiesel. Can you tell me like an example of where the, the biodiesel is used locally? Right. So we there are some stations that sell certified biodiesel. If you have a diesel vehicle, any diesel vehicle can run on biodiesel. So it's a viable alternative right now that can be bought and used locally. And again, it's good for our air quality right here in Pima County. So what can and cannot be recycled in this manner because not all oils are equal. Absolutely. So this uh, campaign and event in order to uh, reuse this uh, grease beneficially, we're only uh, going to be able to accept uh, cooking oil or the fats, oils, and grease that comes from uh, frying, you know, delicious food. Uh, that, uh, as long as it doesn't have too much water or other contaminants in it, uh, we'll be happy to receive it. And that's all going to get mixed together and uh, processed at the local refinery right here. Uh, in Pima County. Okay, so this is going to be your vegetable oil or like I, I cooked a duck recently and oh. you, you get that big thick <laughs> layer of grease. Yes. You can also Absolutely. save that. Yes, we can take that as well. Absolutely. So as long as it's the, the cooking oil and fat, uh, no motor oil, uh, nothing from the, you know, automotive services, uh, we're not going to be able to take that. Uh, but absolutely, the, the fats from our fried foods as well, uh, we can uh, refine that as well. Wonderful. And so there are multiple locations that people can go to for the big annual uh, events. So I guess we haven't even mentioned when the event. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So um, it's coming up really soon. It's uh, January 8th. Um, it's a Saturday. The event is from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. We have seven locations this year. And one of those locations at the Agua Nueva Water Reclamation Plant, um, which is right next to my office, uh, they're open year round. So Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., you can bring your used cooking oil and grease to that location all year round. So we have seven this, uh, this time. Um, we're all over town. Um, you can find our locations at pima.gov backslash Greece. Some of our partners include O'Reilly Chevrolet on Broadway, uh, Kino Sports Complex, uh, Pima Community College campuses, the Northwest Campus, West Campus, and Desert Vista. Um, we're very excited to be partnering with them as well. The other uh, big location that we have is in the town of Saurita. So this year, the town of Sarita is doing multiple uh, recycling events, including uh, grease recycling. Pretty great that pretty much anywhere you live, there's going to be a somewhere near you that you can uh, stop by and uh, drop off the grease. So what would be some contact information for anyone who has additional questions about what they maybe they can and can't bring or just in general want to know more? Great, absolutely. So uh, we do have a phone number for information on the event and really anything related to Pima County uh, Regional Wastewater Reclamation is 520-724-6500. 
And again, go to the website, pima.gov backslash Greece. It'll give you all the information, including some fun videos to watch, you know, potentially what happens when uh, <laughs> too much grease down the drain. The risks that run when there's too much grease. And something also I noticed, I loved the map that you included for dropping off at the year-round location because it is an interesting area to navigate. So. Right. Yes, absolutely. You do need a map. Um, we do, uh, you know, the new overpass uh, just got finished at uh, Camino del Cerro and I-10. And so we're sort of off the frontage road there, um, a little bit tucked away, but right on the Santa Cruz River, which is where all of the treated effluent from our wastewater treatment facility winds up. So it's, it's really quite a lovely uh, location, uh, riparian area, lots of uh, plants and animals. So we encourage people to come on out and uh, visit the Loop and the Santa Cruz River and really see the final product. Where does all of your wastewater wind up from our sinks and toilets and of course in the kitchen gets treated and returned to the Santa Cruz River. Well, Jason, before I let you go again, can you just give me the need to knows about the upcoming Grease Recycling and Disposable event? Absolutely. So the 17th annual Grease Collection and Recycling event is going to happen on January 8th between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. We have seven locations throughout Pima County to collect your grease and turn that into certified biodiesel. Again, phone number is 724-6500 and definitely visit uh, pima.gov backslash grease. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I literally have like two gallon jugs. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. Yeah. Any of these locations will be happy to happy to see you on Saturday for sure. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Jason Grodman from the Pima County Regional Wastewater Reclamation Department. And for more information about the upcoming grease collection and recycling events, that website again is pima.gov slash grease. For the next portion of today's program, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Grace Retreat, Foster Care, and Adoption Services. My name is Marnie Greggs, and I'm a licensing worker for Grace Retreat Foster Care. I'd like to start with what is Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services? Sure. So we are a nonprofit. Uh, we're about six years old and we were founded by a foster and adoptive parent who worked in this system and just kind of saw this lack of support of foster families and wanted to create a better agency. And that's really what she did. Um, so Grace Retreat has has grown exponentially in the last six years, not because we do a lot of recruitment, but because we take really good care of our families. So we license, train, and recruit foster homes and adoptive placements. It's fairly new in the realm of licensing agencies down here in Tucson, but we, we're great. It's an amazing agency. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear a bit about who is Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services, uh, just about the people behind the scenes. Who, who's running your service? I think this is the part that makes me most excited. Um, not only is our founder a foster and adoptive parent, but most of the people who work for her have been foster parents, have adopted children. Some of us have been in foster care. Some of us are adopted. So what we ask our families to do every day is not lost on us because we've done it. You know firsthand what the experience is like. So I'd like to just take some time to hear more about adoption and fostering in our state of Arizona, specifically What's your role in the process? So when a child is removed by DCS, um, they, there's a unit within that system that looks for homes for these children. If there's no available kinship families, like a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister that can take in these children, 
they will look to place them in a regular foster home. So that's what we do. We license families so that they can take in children that are removed by DCS. What is the licensing process like? We definitely want to vet people Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're going to be amazing caregivers. They're going to love our children and they're going to be safe. So there's paperwork that's involved, like applications. We ask for documentation, like birth certificates and things like that. And then there's a training process that goes along with it. So the state has, it's called Foster Parent College, and it's a five-week classroom session. So it's one evening a week for five weeks, alternating with four online courses. So it's a blended curriculum, part online, part in person. And they've changed it in recent years. It used to be twice as long. But they really wanted to reduce the number the number of hours that a family had to complete in order to get licensed so they could get licensed faster. And then the last part is, is gathering all that information and interviewing everyone in the household and getting to know everybody and then writing a big biography that we send to the state. And they're the ones that issue the licenses. So that's why we ask for everything that we do, because we have to tell someone who will never meet you, that we trust you to care for our mm-hmm. kiddos. Do you have an estimate or do you know the numbers of how many parents you have put through the foster parent college process? Me personally, I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years. So I think well over a thousand families um, trained by me personally. Um, Grace Retreat currently has 155 families. Uh, that's a lot of families for our community, for an agency down here. Um, most agencies have anywhere from 30 to 70 families. So we're a very big agency. Even though we're a mom and pop kind of shop, um, we still have a lot of families. So when you say you have over 100 families, does that mean those are families that are currently available to take in foster children at this time? Or? So some of them are kinship. So uh, families that take in their relatives, like a grandparent, um, an aunt or uncle, like mm-hmm. I was saying, or it could be someone who just knows the children. So it could be a neighbor or a teacher or someone who just has a relationship with the family. They can also be considered kinship. So a lot of them get licensed because of the benefits of licensure. So there's that support of a licensing agency, someone that has your back in court and in those meetings that we have uh, for the kids. And then um, also the financial benefit of being licensed. Mm-hmm. So part of them are kinship families Part of them are regular families, and some of them are adoptive families. So what is the significance of the the licensure? So the state isn't going to place a child in an unlicensed setting unless they have a kinship relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So in order to to be a foster parent and to take children in from DCS, you have to have that licensure in place. I'd like to hear a bit more about what types of resources that Grace Retreat Foster Care has available for parents and foster parents. So aside from what we do at Grace Retreat, there's a lot of community support around fostering. Um, there's a ton of nonprofits that help with clothing. Um, there's there's nonprofits that will help get car seats and cribs. Um, so tons of resources out there. Um, also, there's like WIC, so Women, Infant, and Children. So if you have a baby, you can help get some formula for them because it's pretty expensive. And then when it comes to Grace Retreat, I think we one of the reasons that makes us so different than everybody else is that we kind of can go above and beyond and, and do the things that we want to do to help families out. So we give a gift card every time a, ch- a child is placed in a new home so that they can get just some basics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really common for kids to come into foster care with nothing. No clothes, no diapers, no toiletries, no shoes. So you know our families run out to Walmart sometimes in the middle of the night to go gather some, just some of those basic things that they need when they first get placed with a child. I've, I've been a foster parent 
for 15 years and I've literally been handed babies in a diaper and that's it. Mm. So, you know, to have a little bit of that financial support at the very beginning to kind of cover expenses is really helpful. Other things that we do, we have a support group for everyone. So any any family dynamics, any special needs that you might have, you know, kinship support groups, regular foster parent support groups, adoptive support groups. We just started a love and loss support group because fostering is hard. Mm-hmm. And so having having a group where people can come together and grieve when kids leave and talk about, you know, why we continue to do it, I think is really powerful. So supporting each other in our community is really helpful. And then we try to do a gathering every month. Something I'd noticed when I was looking at your website is that you do have um – you had the history of past events, and I see that you did transition to a lot of uh, drive-through style events. Uh, so how did the pandemic affect your work um, over the last, you know, 18 months or so? So we've been, uh, unfortunately, the pandemic has really put a wrench in mm-hmm. the foster care system in general. There's a lot of kids coming into foster care now that weren't coming in before, um, especially when kids were out of school. A lot of those children didn't have any eyes on them, so reports weren't getting made as frequently as they had before. So we're seeing a, a larger influx of children coming into foster care. It's it's always been bad in southern Arizona, but it's really particularly bad right now. We're also at a very low rate of foster homes for the state. So I think it's like a 10-year low of foster homes. So a lot of families that were doing it with the pandemic got scared Um, Mm -hmm. And so they stopped fostering or they went on hold. So we don't have enough foster homes and we we have more kids coming in. Mm -hmm. So it makes it really challenging um, to meet the need of our community like we have in the past. I think what, again, what makes us great is that we won't stop until Mm -hmm. there's a home for every child. Mm -hmm. And our recruitment hasn't slowed down. Uh, We continue to have families call every day who are interested in getting more information and wanting to know the steps or, or taking that next step to get licensed. So we definitely have um, not seen a slowdown of the people coming in wanting to help. Mm-hmm. Could you walk me through that process of someone who decides they want to make the next step and start taking in foster children and share their home? What would be the first step in getting moving in that direction? Give me a call. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you could call Grace Retreat. Absolutely. Um, that is a great step. We can answer any questions that you might have. There's also a really great orientation video on the DCS website. So you can go there and you just type in how to become a foster parent, and it will pull up a bunch of videos that you can watch that give you some basic information on um, how to become licensed, the need of families in Southern Arizona, and answer a lot of your questions. And then the next step is really picking an agency. So there are 14 agencies in in Southern Arizona who do foster care in our community. And so call them, figure out which one is going to best meet your family's needs. There's some faith-based agencies. There's some agencies that do like um, therapeutic level children or developmentally disabled children. So picking an agency uh, for the population of children you want to care for and that you build a good rapport with. We're going to be in your home. We're going to ask you lots of personal questions. So you want to make sure you have a good um, good support and rapport with your agency. Mm-hmm. And it, you definitely seem to stick around even after placement, uh, being available to help as things continue to arise. So something I'd uh, seen mentioned on your website several times is fundraising and how you are a 501c3, and uh, so that means you do qualify for tax credit donations. Correct. Could you give me an example of how Grace Retreat uses donations from the community? 
So all of our donations go right back to our children and our families. Um, we've had families where they, there's an emergency, their water heater breaks, and we're able to kind of help and support to get them some funding so they can get a new water heater for their house. Um, again, we give a lot of gift cards out for new families, for new placements, just to kind of help them with those initial items that they need. And then our grace gatherings, so mm-hmm. giving back to our families um, and helping them any way that we can. There's been times where, like, during the pandemic, I had a family who got COVID. Mm. The whole family, five kids, oh five foster children, <laughs> and um, the family, the parents. And so we were able to buy them dinner. And it was just something simple, but just not having to worry about dinner for one night when you have sick kids is amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially when the whole family is sick. I grew up in a big family, and I know how <laughs> yep. knock everyone out at this exact same time. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that from our own personal experience being foster parents, we really provide that extra special touch that makes us unique. It's when, when you have someone who's young who doesn't have children – it does make it more challenging to give advice to someone who has has children already and is a foster parent. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have that background of the system and knowing how to navigate that, and that really helps our families get that support when you're coming into this system. That isn't great to mm-hmm. begin with. It's you know anytime you're working with people, the systems don't always work 100. Uh, percent But it's also an emotional piece that is that is different than anything else that we ask people to do. I tell people all the time, it's not normal for us to say, love this child as if you gave birth to them, Mm -hmm. but be ready to let them go at any moment. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. And it's really challenging. And I don't think people understand Mm -hmm. like how that component of it, or they're so afraid of it that they don't take those steps to come come in and take the next step because they they know they're going to fall in love with a child. Mm I hear that all the time. I'm, I can't do this. I don't know how you do it because I would fall in love. I'm like, well, we want you to. We want you to love them and give them everything that you would give your own child because they deserve it. They mm-hmm. deserve it for once. They deserve to, to have that love and that full attention in your whole heart, even though knowing that it may not be forever. Sometimes it is, but mm-hmm. it may not be forever. The cool thing about that is that it carries with them forever. So even if they're only in your home for a year or two, your their experiences with you carry on past the time that they go home or move on to wherever they're going, and it changes their lives. Mm-hmm. So in the six years that Grace Retreat has been uh, providing its foster care services, uh, do you know how many children you've been able to help find placement? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know right now within our agency we have about 220 children placed in our foster homes. So if you times that maybe by six. Yeah. <laughs> six years, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and we're, we actually did some some math, which I don't have current, but I think last year we did 70 adoptions. Oh, wow. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm about to tear up. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. <laughs> that made me happy. I know. It's the best. <laughs> it's awesome. the best. And we do have the charitable tax credit. So families can give $400 a person at $800 for a couple. Um, And we're working to get the foster care tax credit. We don't have it yet, but we will hopefully next year. Okay, cool, cool. Well, since it is the season of giving, um, what is, how can people get in contact with your organization if they are interested in making a donation to help you continue doing your work? Absolutely. So you can call me anytime. So my number is 520-276. 9661. You can ask about foster care. You can ask about donating to Grace Retreat for the charitable tax credit. Um, or if you have 
any items you want to donate, you know, feel free to reach out. Oh, do you also accept in-kind donations as well? So, yeah, we, we take babies, baby mm-hmm. clothes a lot just because we do have a, a fair amount of young children that come into foster care. But diapers, formula, toiletries, pajamas, new ideally, but gently used if not. And what is your website? Yes, yeah, so they can go to www.graceretreatfostercare.org, all spelled out. Mm-hmm. And are you guys on social media? We are. We have a Facebook page, which is Grace Retreat, Foster Care and Adoption Services. I, th- I believe we're on Instagram, Instagram as well. Yes. Okay, wonderful. And you, you keep people up to date there as well with the happenings. So in closing, is there anything else you'd like to add on before we wrap up today? I think just if you've ever thought about doing foster care, I, I encourage you to get more information. Talk to somebody you know who does it. Give me a call. I can answer any questions that you might have. We're in dire need of children uh, being placed in foster homes down here in southern Arizona. So it doesn't matter what age child. If you like newborns, there are newborns that are available for placement. If you are looking at teenagers or if teen moms or sibling groups, it's every age. So if you're specific around what population you could care for based on your family dynamics, trust me, there's children out there that need a loving, safe home. So that would be my first message is just take that next step. Um, Get some information, come to training, and decide from there. My second part that I would say is if fostering maybe is not right for you, maybe you could do something like respite, which is short-term babysitting, basically, for other foster homes. So the licensure process is the same, and you can keep kids for the weekend. You can keep them for a week while families have emergencies and things like that. And so you're still helping out our community by helping our foster parents. So that's another great aspect of what, what families could do. If you're looking more to to support and advocate, there's the CASA program, which is court-appointed special advocates. So you can go get trained on how to review cases. And it's basically a checks and balances of the system. So they review the DCS file, and then they make recommendations to the courts. Well, that's kind of wonderful, especially since there are some people who are like, well, I'm just, I don't have a maternal bone in my body, but I want to help out. So there are still ways you can get involved and help children find placement even without having to be that hands-on. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, will you just give me the contact information again for anyone who's curious? Sure. So Grace Retreat Foster Care, our main line number is 520-276-9661. And our website is www.graceretreatfostercare.org. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and that was Marnie Greggs from Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of the program, you can reach out to us by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the Lifestyle Tucson show or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page at mixfm.com, klpx.com, kfma.com, or espntucson.com.